Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. As we welcome you to Believe in Chargers with the great Lorenzo Neal, Matt Money-Smith here, unfortunately low, coming off another loss. We'll dig into it uh, in depth as we kind of get a little bit deeper into the podcast here. But I think perfect time for us to sort of set the tone to set up this pod uh, as the team is now through five games. They are, or should say, through six games, basically a third of the season. They're two and four. Uh, We discussed it coming out of the Dallas game, going into the Chiefs game about maybe how important it would be to be three and three at this point. But I guess I want to set the tone with this. This is sort of the window of the season that fans can look at, that people in the media can look at and say, this is where you make your bones. This is where the season will be decided. The Cowboys were a 12-win team last year. The Chiefs have been to the AFC Championship game five consecutive times. Perhaps they're in a level that's above the Chargers. Bears, Jets, Lions, Packers, Ravens, Patriots, Broncos, Raiders. That's eight games. That That is an eight-game – at two and four, that is an eight-game window – where you feel the Chargers should be able to compete in every single one of those games and perhaps be favored in six to seven of them. Yeah, they should be. Maybe with the exception of you talk about where the Ravens, how they looked against Detroit and probably Detroit and the Ravens, those two games. Right. You know, you look at those two and say, maybe not favored, but the rest of them, it's a pick them or they're favored. The biggest thing, Matt, and you know this, and you and I, we talk about it week in and week out is the Chargers' ability to play above the competition and stop playing below the competition. Now, Kansas City, let's face it, we can say what you want, Kansas City maybe doesn't look as good as they need to, but they find a way. See, good teams find a way to win ball games, and bad teams find a way to lose ball games. So when you think about this Chargers team, you say, well, who are they? Are they going to be scheduled to win these games? And next, you look at the eight games you read, went off the schedule, the Bears, all those different things that you put up. But those teams can compete, and those teams sure. are the Chargers. What Chargers will we get? And that's the thing, Matt, that I haven't been able to put my finger on, and I, nor have you, is what Charger team is going to show up when you're playing a team that you're better than, a la the Nashville Titans, the Tennessee Titans, when you're playing a team that you should win, and you're in a favorable place, in a favorable place, a la the Dallas Cowboys coming off of a loss to the, to the Niners, playing at home, having a chance, and so forth. Those opportunities don't come around often. And so that's what I want to know, and that's what I want to see. And I think that's what the fans are wondering. Can the Chargers elevate their game to the games, at least the ones they know they should win? It's a perfect place to to start, Low, as someone who played and, and played at a high level. And it's you said it. You said, you know, Matt, I, I do because I've seen it for seven years to, or at least for a number of the years inside the seven years I've been calling these games. This is a team has got to figure out how to win. And I don't right. know. I don't know what that means. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I, they find ways to snatch defeat from the hands of victory and they have leads and the defense will give up a touchdown. The defense makes a stop. The offense led by Justin Herbert gets the ball back when maybe all they need, like against Miami, is a field goal to win the game. Not not even a touchdown, but a field goal to win the game. Uh, they win the coin toss in overtime against the Titans. So you can take this offense and march down the field and get a victory. What is it? But what, you know, as someone who's been part of successful teams, 
Lo, what is it that is missing that teams win games? They know how to win. I hate that that's the it's it's yeah. certainly something that's missing here. Yeah, you know, we stepped on a team. You you know, it's it's tough sometimes to go to yesterday years because people say, oh, well, we don't want to hear about that. That was your team. It's still different players. I get it. We were 14 and two. I knew that I was going to go on the field, man. And I knew I was going to kick someone's you know what. I knew that if I had two one behind me and I would say, get on my hip and don't dip. I knew that I can go over the lights out and go to Sean Phillip and say, hey, we need to play. Get us the ball back. And, and, you know, we need the ball back. Go to Big Jamal and say, we need the ball back. If you get us the ball back, we're going to go down and score. I could walk over to Gates. All right, Gates, it's your turn. Gates, it's time. And he would go and take over. You had guys on that team that would say, okay, we won't let you lose. LT tell the defense, I won't let you lose. Sean would tell I ain't letting you lose. And once that starts permeating on teams, that's what's missing to me because you have a Justin Herbert that can go out and, and he's a thermostat. It's different between a thermostat and a, and a, ther a thermometer. We talked about it. You know, a th thermometer, it measures temperature. A thermostat regulates temperature. Justin Herbert is a thermostat. Khalil Mack is a thermostat. So you have guys, Bosa, you have guys that are supposed to be thermostat and not just thermometers. Yeah, you have thermometers that are just going out there and just do their job and be that guy because they know thermostats are around them. What does this team need? Because you went out and said, I need pass rushers. Okay, I went out and get, I need a corner. Okay, I got to get the receiver. We got to get these certain places. And the organization has done that and got these players that on paper that can deliver. And you haven't been able to cash in. And in real estate, we like to call it the ROI, the return on investment. And that's what's missing. The return on investment, but not enough thermostats that can go out and regulate and take, take the game over. The players are there. They're just taking turns and failing each other. And, and that's the thing, Matt, you're saying, what's missing? Last week, look at the defense in Kansas City. That was a ball game that the defense played well the first half. Your offense inability to score and do the things you needed to do against the Cowboys. You watch. And then Tennessee, the defense didn't do as well. So when you think about this team collectively, they haven't played a full game where offense and defense and special teams have shown up together. Right. That's what's missing in my opinion, Matt. Yeah. There's no complimentary football. Um, you know, and, and again, we'll, we'll dig a little deeper into the chiefs game, but just to, to use, to, you know, what you had mentioned as a jumping off point, right? The offense trades punches with the chiefs all first half long. They match a field goal for field goal, a touchdown for touchdown, a touchdown for touchdown. It's 17, 17, with under two minutes to go, defense was terrible. They, they, they gave up, you know, Mahomes was 21 to 22 at one point in that, that first half and had thrown for over 300 yards. But the offense was there to match until the very last possession when they went up 24-17. Then in the second half, as you mentioned, defense shows up. All right, we gave up 300 in the first half, gave up 103 in the second half, and just a single touchdown that came off of a 51-yard punt return. Well, the offense got shut out. And it's just odd and it's been that way all year. It's been that way all year long, where for whatever reason, the entire side of a football will disappear for a half at a time, a quarter at a time. It, you know, we have not seen a punt return like that, you know, uh, against the Chargers in two years. And it came at the absolute worst possible time when you got to go win a game. And instead, a unit that had been absolutely rock solid, you know, Punt team had been rock solid. I mean, you're talking about first last year in the league 
in punt return yards allowed. I think it was under four. I think it was 3.6 yards per return or something like that. And this year, they were right back there, right in the top five. And there's the 51-yarder at the most inopportune time. And again, I you know I think Brandon Staley, I, I you know give him credit for acknowledging it. He said, look, that's on me. That's 100% on me. If for whatever reason, we can't get these units to be in sync and perform at their highest levels at the same time, we know they can do it because they do it in op- you know at, at different points of the game. So that's something that he acknowledged very well is probably coaching. And they've got to figure out what it is, why these players aren't executing for 60 minutes a game and instead in these different spurts. And it, it, I can't imagine the frustration and trying to figure it out when you know it's there. When you see it for a half, and why can't we apply that to the second half? What has that opponent done that has changed things so dramatically? Right. And you know what, man? I I like Coach Staley. Yeah. He's always treated me with great respect. You you, you know how he is. He's very communicable. You can communicate with him. He'll have a meeting with you. This guy, he's open office. You don't get a lot of coaches like that. A lot of coaches are too good. They don't want to be in the media. And, and, you know, they don't want to necessarily share. This guy has opened up his locker room to veteran players. I mean, I feel for the uh, first time in a long time that you can go back there as a veteran, as an older player, a retired player, and Staley is like, hey, look, how you doing, man? I remember what you did. I remember what you did for this organization. He is an unbelievable coach. But it's sort of like this, man. You know, you have kids and you have a wife. And, you know, sometimes I watch my girl and my son, how, you know, growing up, Okay, mom say stop, and the kids they keep going, and they love, but they love mom. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell your dad. No, I'm gonna tell your dad when you get home. I'm telling dad, and the kids, the mom tells you, the wife tells you. When you, I told them when you get home, they're scared. They're being angels. Once I threatened them with that, and sometimes Matt, there's coaches that these guys they love, coaches that they want to win for, coaches that, but. But just something is missing. And it's not that, you know, and, and they with something about a dad or someone has that bravado. And sometimes your dad's not liked. And I just don't know. I can't put my hand on it. Is that what it is with Staley? Like, you know, look, they were they they want to win for him. They want to play for him. They want his job because they know he what he does for these men and the way that he respects them. But is it returned? And sometimes mentally, as a kid, you remember that mom tell you, hey, when you get home, Matt, Matt, dad's going to get you when you don't mean you just like something about that. You like, OK, I better go clean up. I better try harder. I better do better because dad is just different. So I just don't know if Staley has that effect because it's too much talent. He's too good of a man and he's a great coach, but it's not producing on the field. That's yeah, a perfect place to uh, to reset. And, and dig in to that Sunday afternoon contest against the Chiefs because Andy Reid certainly has his guys believing in what he's selling. All right, Lo, let's get into it. It is uh, a game against the Chiefs. And as we said, these games had always been tight in the past. Herbert had always performed at a very high level. And this game was a, a little bit different. We, we scratched the surface on it before, and, and I don't think we need to re-sort of we don't need to rehash all the stats. The stats are what they are. They gave up 400 yards passing for the second time this season, and Kirk Cousins threw for 367 against him. They gave up another 150-plus yard receiver, you know, like they did to Tyree Kill with 215, Justin Jefferson at 148. Well, now it was Travis Kelsey, you know, 179. These 
the, the, the thing that I think is incredibly frustrating is that to, to borrow the phrase, you know, from my, my broadcast partner on the games, Daniel Jeremiah, they're taking the right hand. You, you see it coming. Here it comes. It's Travis Kelsey. It's Justin Jefferson. It's Tyree Kill. It, it's the right, it's CD Lamb. And they're just getting cracked with it every single game. And I can't, you know, look, there's a reason why these premium players are all pros and they're very good and they're the highest compensated players. What they do, they're very good, but it would just be, I think it'd be nice to see a team with all this talent and $112 million committed on defense have somebody else beat them. Have it be Isaiah Pacheco. Have it be Rasheed Rice. Have it be Sky Moore that goes for 130 and two touchdowns because Travis Kelsey was, was, was you know, shut down. That's that's what I think is step one. You can't let DJ Moore beat you this week for the Bears. Let it be anybody else. Right, right. And I think you're you're man, you're absolutely right. You, you what you're saying, you're you're spot on. And all things being equal, like I said, man, players are gonna make plays because Kelsey's just a player. CD yes. Lamb is going to get his, like you're saying. And you're not saying these players aren't gonna get theirs, but don't let them beat you don't yeah. let them get in 180 the yards exactly and those are the things that they and you know what i can even live with that if you're stopping them from getting in zone if you can take the ball and say okay you drove the ball from the 10 yard line all the way to our 20 and you missed the field goal or you drove took the ball from our one and you took it all the way to the five and you kicked the field goal and you made the field goal keep teams to three don't let teams get in the end zone so those players can do what they need to do as long as you keep them out of the end zone and that's what the Chargers aren't doing. They're not letting they're letting these guys have big days, but they're also letting the team score. So you got to stop the opponent from getting in the end zone. You like in the first half, look at the Chargers, give up 300 and some yards, but you held them to 17 or, you know, a, a, a punt, field goal, yeah. a punt return killed you at the second half. So you can bend, but don't break. The Chargers are bending and they're breaking. That's the that's the difference, Matt. That you watch this Kansas City game and you watch this Kansas City team. They bend, they give up a ton of yards that time, but they don't. They bend, but they don't break. You can't bend and break. You're not going to win ball games. Yeah, one of the I think something that is a little disconcerting, and like you said, you know the players, uh, you know, love Coach Staley. They you can see it. They do, oh, yeah. um, but they're frustrated. You know, Michael Davis. He does not have a first round pedigree to to lean on when someone's going to come to him in free agency. This is his last year of his deal. He's making 10 million bucks this year. You know, lost his starting job last year when they signed JC Jackson, got it back after injury, played at an all pro level the, the final eight, nine weeks of the season. He was exceptional. He's one of the best press corners out there. And in that game against my against Kansas City, when they go when when Mahomes is 21 to 22 for 300 yards at some point in the first half. And you're watching guys sit down in spots, drop back after drop back. And it's Travis Kelsey, wide open. It's Rice, wide open. It's Marquez Valdez-Scantling, wide open. And then they make the adjustment. And I know they weren't playing straight zone. They were playing matchup zone. They're trying to pass these guys off, you know, from one defender to the next. It's not as simple as man versus zone. I get that. But they started pressing in the second half. And Michael Davis started pressing. And he started getting up in there. And so did Derwin on Travis Kelsey. And the guy had 30 yards in the second half. And after the game, you heard that frustration. You know, when he said, we were in zone. 
and they were just sitting down and it and not, he's like, Travis is a great player, but it wasn't him. It was us. And he's, you know, and he said, we got to get out. He's some different language, but he said, we got to get after their tail. You know that when you play Kansas city, you go in there, you play press man and you get after it. And we didn't. And he's, he was frustrated. But he's absolutely right. Matt, when you're playing man to man and you're pressing a guy, it's one if you, especially if you don't miss him at the line, it's so important. It's so futile that you're jamming at the line, that you're getting 1,001, 1,002. Okay, now he's released. Now Mahomes have to look away, especially if the safety's playing over the top or if you're bracketing. So you can play press man and say, I'm taking away the inside. I know my safety's on the outside or I know the corner. I know the linebacker's going to hook the curl. So he's got that zone. So I can't get beat inside. I have to take away the inside. So now when, when when you have Mahomes with the ball and he sees the guy taking in inside shade away and he's jamming him and he's forcing Kelsey out and he sees the linebacker dropping on covers, his eyes go off of that. And that's when you see him start to look around. He has to extend plays with his legs. And that's when you have to go ahead and, and you know get on him. And that's what they didn't do in the first half. They let Mahomes be comfortable in the pocket. Let Kelsey have a two-way go because he free has release. those read routes yeah. and he has free reign. So here's the deal. you Like he said, we were playing zone. He's right. But you can't be right because Kelsey knows you're playing in the zone. So he's instead of going in, he's going to go out. Instead of going out, he's going to go in. So him and Mahomes, they have that figured out. It's a free range. And Mahomes and him on such a – they're in such sync together. It's unbelievable. You even yeah. see their girls now. They're in sync. They're doing handshakes <laughs> yeah. and, sh- and spinning yeah. around. They're getting in sync, bro. You know what's coming, yeah. Matt. Come on, help yeah. me out here. You know, I, that that's the defensive side, and we know it's got to get better. They, they have a chance to allow 300 yards passing per game, and that's what they're allowing right now for the first time by any defense in the NFL since 2011. It has been 12 years since a team has allowed their opponents to average 300 yards passing, and right now – that's what the Chargers are doing against their opponents. It's got to get better, but the offense also has to get fixed. No and, question. you know, we talk, and you saw it through the first couple games and how comfortable Justin Herbert looked and the deep shots were there and his air yards per attempt were the highest that they've been since his rookie season. But it looks, it still looks different, man. I want, I so desperately, you know, would love for someone to sit down with with Justin Herbert and play him tape from 2020 and just say, I want you to watch this, Justin Herbert. I want you to watch just the feel, the innate connection that he has with the game and these shot plays to Mike Williams, to to undrafted free agent rookies like Jalen Guyton and, and, sec- and claimed off a practice squad, Tyron Johnson. Like, dude, he is... He is lighting the league on fire. He is launching 50-yard missiles down the field. And I think Joe Lombardi came in, and he got him into this Drew Brees. You know, you are – and this is a credit to Justin. He's so good at his progressions and getting through them quickly that as soon as he sees the first open man, it's gone. And it's like, no, 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 that, that that's not – I want that Justin back that was comfortable in the pocket and was willing to kind of let it collapse a little bit because he wanted that shot. You know, I know that's there for three, but let's see if this slow goes working and then I'll figure it out from there. And there, and I saw it, it just crystallized for me in that Kansas city game. It was a third and five and Keenan comes up. His, his progressions right to left and Keenan flashes open in the middle of the field. And man, if he had just got to his next progression, it's Q on a slant, 
and he is wide open, and he has taken that thing 50, 60 yards, but he throws it to Keenan. Willie Gay reads his eyes, jumps up, bats the pass down, they have to punt. And it's just, I want to get back to that, that Herbert from 2020 when it was a little bit more, it's a little bit more feel and a little bit less, here's the play, here's your progressions, go. Does that make sense? Yeah. It, it's crystal. It makes sense. And what happens, Matt, is guys get comfortable. And I think that you have Justin and Keenan, they're comfortable. They know each other. They know what's going to happen. And they, they, you know, they're in a rhythm. And so he's going to die on that hill. And instead of in the earlier years, yesterday years, it's like, hey, look, no one's in his ear. It's like, okay, let this rookie play. Just let him hunt. Let him cook. So right. now he's looking for open guys. And it's like, I'm just going to go where the ball needs to go. And I'm going to take care of that. And I'm not necessarily going to be caught on my mind that, okay, my, my security blank is Keenan. Because at times you see when Keenan went down, you see other guys like, okay, now he has to, he's forced to try. When he has superstars, sometimes he goes to that superstar too much, in my opinion. Right. Now, like you're saying, when that first year, he's just letting it go around the park. He's slinging it in the playground. He's just like, I'm letting it go. I don't care. I'm going to play foot free and fancy free and let it happen. And now once you, when you don't have that and people are in your head and you're doing that and now you come, okay. I'm, I'm not taking the chances that I should take. I should force this ball downfield. I should hold on this because I know that sluggle's coming open. Oh, I know that teams are thinking the same thing. They're like, oh my God, let's take away Keenan, play Keenan because that's his first look. Look, guys, he's not gonna, he's going to go to Keenan. And now once you do that, now they're saying, okay, let's take this guy away and the, the other guys can beat you. And Justin's good enough to beat you with other guys because of his arm strength. And he has speed on the outside. He has these guys that can win. Now Justin has to trust the process and trust the system and say, look, Keenan, look, my guy, you're going to get plenty. You know you and I, but hey, I'll just let you know, I'm going to have to push the ball and I'm going to have to do other things if we're going to have to get back in this season. Because right now we're outside looking in. And oh, it's yeah. gonna take it's gonna take a lot for this team to get back in contentions, forget winning it just to make it the playoffs. All right. Well, let's uh let's then look forward here as the Bears come to town for Sunday night football. All right, Lo. Uh it's a Bears team that obviously started out horribly. You think about what the Packers did to them and then how they looked against the Chiefs. Justin Fields had really struggled. Uh, they've won two of their last three games. Uh, they've been competitive, and it looks like it's going to be Tyson Bagent that comes in, the undrafted uh, free agent rookie out of Division II, Shepard. And you could not have two different court. I mean, completely different quarterbacks. Justin Fields, who holds on to the ball too long, who will see a lane, take it, and can gash you for 60 yards on the ground with that athleticism, but struggles to, to feel the passing game. Bagent, that ball is out. That ball is out. He reads the field well. Uh, the numbers aren't eye-popping. He's still an athlete. He's, he can still run with the ball. But, you know, it's a it's a game where the, the Chargers have to be sound tacklers. And I, I think the Bears kind of got maybe a little bit of a bad rep based on the early games. It seems as though they've settled down a little bit. The defense has been better. They took away three balls, three picks in that game against the Raiders. They hammered them. And Bajant kind of leaned on Deontay Foreman in that run game and getting that ball out quick, and, and they put 30 on the board. That's a much better team, I think, than some people recognize. Oh, no question. Beijing can play football, and especially if you give him a complimentary running game. And what Chicago does well, and I think you'll agree, Matt, 
is they play good defense. Fundamentally, defense, they want to get after you. They keep everything in front of you. Let's tackle. They'll sit on routes. They don't, you know, I think they can. you can double move them at times because of the fact they want to sit on it, and they just play sound defense. They're going to sit Bajan back there, and they're going to run the ball and try to say, look, let's go out here and keep this game close. If you're playing against a charge, you say keep it close, they'll find a way to lose the game. They're going to have to play a, they're going to play a Chicago team that they cannot let them get loose to running the ball because now Bajan is going to be in third and short. Like you said, he lets that ball get out of his hands. This is a game that the, this is a game that the Chargers going to, have to put their big boy pads on and understand you get ready to play a physical type of game because they don't they don't think they don't think the quarterback can beat them. But if he has a good complimentary run game, then his success even elevates. So this is going to be a game that they are going to have to shut down the run game. That's going to be the key for the Chargers to win this game. Keep them under 100 yards, 85 yards rushing. You win this game. You win this game. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I think your your two big names are are Tuli Tuipilotu and Khalil Mack. Set those edges. You know, Kenneth Murray. Eric Hendricks, sound tacklers at that level of defense against the run because they're not going to let Bajan get back there and try to carve you up. Uh, I'd play, I'd, again, I'd play two man. Just, you know, you want to have the shell, have it, but let Mikey Davis get after DJ Moore. Just get his yeah. hands in his chest and force force those those routes and that timing to be off so Bajan can't put his foot in the ground and try to, to use Moore, who's, who's an elite receiver in this league. So that's defensively offensively again let's see if we can get Austin Eckler going you know you had that big run from Josh Kelly uh, against the Chiefs for 49 yards a career high but Austin's got to get going and I think that's in the passing game as well low just to put a button on it he needs to get those six to eight targets that we're just not seeing right now for whatever reason Justin's not locating and targeting him enough on those just little route those smoke routes just little quick curls and let austin do his thing man he always makes the first guy miss he always plows through the next tackler and you're looking at seven eight yards every time you get him the ball in the passing game no question i think kellen moore is going to make a conscious effort of that especially against the bears they're going to say look guys hey justin let's get the ball we're going to have some plays we're going to get eckler the ball austin needs to have the ball in his hands like you said so the screen game the quick little you know, angle routes, those little choice routes. He can beat. He's too fast for linebackers. He's too physical for safeties. When you think about Eckler and what he brings in the passing game, it reminds me a little bit of, you know, look at McCaffrey, what he does for the night. Yeah. Eckler's a little bit even more shiftier to McCaffrey. McCaffrey's, you know, faster and has, you know, a lot of probably a little stronger. But if you think about Eckler, what he can do in the passing game, the guy can be an absolute nightmare and carve you up. So, yes, I think that they will get him involved in this game. Hey, you got to not just running the ball, but absolute in the passing game. And, and Herbert, he is going to have to let the ball go down the field. This is a game that they this is I know we said last week you no, wanted to is. win and must win, but you cannot let everyone else. It's not that it's a it's a must win because you're letting everyone else keep pulling away from you. So you have to bring this back in. You have to find a way. And I know the Chargers know that. And the best remedy for all the complaining is a win. A win solves a lot of problems. These men have to make it personal. These Chargers, man to man, Matt, they have to make this personal that they're going to win this game. Now, button it with this. It's a great opportunity for the Chargers. They're two and four. Everyone's complaining about all their primetime games, and they got back-to-back primetime. They got Sunday night against the Bears. Next week, they got Monday night against the Jets. We know Justin Herbert tends to excel in the spotlight. Let's have Herbert go put on a show. Let's put on a show, remind NBC, remind ESPN why they wanted the Bolts in primetime because they got one of the true superstars in this game, and I want to see him do his thing. I want to see those 350, 400-yard 
passing games. I know it's going to be tough against the Jets and that defense, but it's a great opportunity. And when we come back next week, we're going to be talking about three and four, looking at four and four, and now clawing your way back into this like they were at six and six last year before ripping off four straight, going 10 and six into that final week of the season. I'm with you. Let's make it a dog fight. Go Chargers. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.